there a Disney classic movie that you wish got a sequel? I think we already got one. The third Aladdin was exactly what I would have wished for. (laughs) You would have wished for a movie where Aladdin's a strained father that was never mentioned ever in either of the other two movies to come back. And also, he's the leader of a clan of thieves. Also, they're searching for a mythical treasure that turns everything to gold. Also, he's voiced by... uh, Oh, crap, I'm forgetting it. But it's basically an impression of Sean Connery. Also, they have some decent music. Also, Robin Williams returns. Also, like... I'm hearing no bad parts. <laughs> it wasn't a great movie. It wasn't a bad movie. No, it wasn't nearly I'll, as bad as the second one. I'll tell you what. It didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. It was a fun romp based on the popularity of the TV show. And they had... You know, decent animation. They didn't cheap out on it. They had fun songs. I liked that they brought in a lens out of nowhere father. I thought that was cool. I liked the daddy issues. Kasim. I thought it was really fun. So there's no other, like, Disney oh, classic I'm movie. I'm sorry. Yes. No, if you want a movie that needs a sequel, it's Treasure Planet. Does it really need a sequel, though? Well, Treasure Island never got a sequel. Robert Louis Stevenson was writing at a time when you didn't have to sequelize every single thing you wrote. So I was always interested in the character of Long John Silver. I always wanted to know where he went. I wanted to know what Jim grew up into. I wanted to I wanted to see more. So Treasure Planet would be super fun. I know like that was a really sad thing about it. We can get into Treasure Planet and we have before. There was a whole... (laughs) To hear that, go to our other uh, episode. You definitely should because we compare the two, but I really dig the way they built the world up and they had a second movie script written they had character designs they they were ready to go on this and they put your uh, tinfoil hats on disney conspiracy here they really they sent treasure plant out to die didn't market it didn't release it at the proper time and when it failed like they wanted to they had the ability to shut down the animation studio because it was too expensive and we couldn't keep making movies like this anymore so thanks katzenberger yeah, mm. yeah. Musker guy. and Clements were the people who directed it, and they were behind The Great Mouse Detective, and they were behind The Little Mermaid, and they were behind Hercules. They were like behind some of the Weren't big ones. Weren't they behind uh, Beauty and the Beast too? Mm, you're thinking of Don Hahn and um, no, Don Hahn was the animator for Beauty uh, for oh, Beast. There's, no, there's two other. See, now you got me because it was it was not Musker and Clements. It was a lot of the same team were behind that. Yeah, but I thought they directed. Are you going to IMDb me right I am going to IMDb. I mean, we're in our opener and you're already making me IMDb. I, ha- I usually have very encyclopedic Beauty and the Beast knowledge, but it is morning and not all my synapses are firing. Because <laughs> I'm very certain that the people who do Beauty and the Beast, they had only previously done one short, one animated short, and they took a chance on oh, them. And of course, I clicked on that stupid 2017 one. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dang it. Okay, we can figure this out. Thank you. Okay. Kirk Wise and Gary Trousdale. Yes, they okay. had only ever done previously a short for one of the rides at Disney. Like an animated short. What? They knock it out of the park with this? Oscar mm-hmm. nominated for best animated, or best picture, excuse mm-hmm. me. Not best animated picture, best picture. And they only have ever done one thing, one short. Wow. Before this, yeah. So Good this, Lord. it was really fantastic. Every time, like... You see these compilation movies, and lots of Disney movies are beloved and treasured, but there's just something so freaking different about when you see a frame of Beauty and the Beast. But they oh. also did Hunchback. They also did yeah, Lion they, King. The, yeah, they also went back and directed direct, uh, directed Hunchback and Atlantis. Your favorite and, Atlantis. Yeah, the Atlantis. <laughs> that was an awesome movie. So there's lots of things, and you can tell the animation styles on those are very different than the others. Like mm-hmm. Ariel, I love, you know, it, it's fun and it started the Disney Renaissance, but she feels so flat when compared to the expert line work of Beauty and the Beast and that was just the very next movie and that's just my own personal opinion you can like Mermaid if you want <laughs> but to 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 agree with you which is strange uh, yes I do think that if they were to explore a older gem and it would be great because they could bring back I cannot believe I'm forgetting his name I love Aaron. him I love him that's the problem are you gonna IMDb it again God. I guess I am. Put more keyboard sounds in it, please. Um, <clears throat> do you want to keyboard it, or do you want me to just tell you? Because it's Joseph Gordon-Levi. Thank you. 
I literally typed next, right next to the mic just to have that sound, but I didn't end up typing anything in. Jo- Jordan goes up. Oh, good lord! Joseph Gordon Levi um, Levitt. 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 I completely, one hundred percent messed up his name. JGL will be so sad. He <laughs> listens to our podcast. An avid listener. Avid listener. Uh, JGL did an amazing job in the first one, but imagine because his his acting has just absolutely grown and matured since then and um can you imagine how he what kind of gravitas he'd bring to an older gym a more mature like you know uh royal academy graduate you know maybe someone who's going around collecting pirates and making sure that they're the people stay on the the best behaviors like maybe he like he became uh amelia's new first mate and oh man that would be so cool and like they have to go on and they have to go on some sort of um adventure to save long john or something like that if you've never seen treasure planet like i know that the sci-fi can throw people off on it but the animation is stellar the voice acting is fantastic and it's completely worth a watch yes there's some problems yes there's comic relief that shows up way too late in the movie but if you take a look at any of the behind the scenes stuff how they use this deep canvas technology to make the ocean the ether around them feel real if you look at how they drew over all the cgi bits to make it feel like they're a part of the entities they're a part of it's it's wonderfully fantastic in an age where 3d and 2d technologies are getting so meshed together seamlessly this is a people are like oh yeah that that can happen easy back then it was not it was a struggle to make it happen and they did it so well um yeah you can see the scene sometimes but it looks so fantastic so i'll agree with you on that one i'm just waiting for the next goofy movie that's all i'm saying oh now that would be a good scene yeah you know i want to see max have his own son and then he has his own issues and he looks to his dad for support who's been there since the day one just saying i'm also just saying you're elizabeth you're aaron and and we're we're married married to the the idea idea. that was a long ass intro well you got me talking about treasure planet that's my trigger (laughs) I didn't get you. I just was like, hey, what sequels do you Oh, what? Disney movie needs a sequel? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the one that already has one written? I mean, that would be an awesome sequel. But speaking of sequels, and before we jump into that, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. Browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and start listening it's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. And that's T-O, not the number two. We are on Facebook at married to the idea, Gmail at married to the idea reviews at gmail.com. And you can check out our website, married to the idea We update it with links to all of our episodes and as well as links to our Patreon since it is season three. If there's something that you want us to talk about in the sponsor dome, go ahead and give our patreon.com slash marriage the idea page a look and see if you're interested in being a sponsor. And we do some fun things like trailer reactions um, and we were trying to do trailer reactions for... Uh, Spider-Man and Sonic, but we kind of missed the boat on those. We went to a movie theater and never go to a movie theater when there's oh, a trailer you don't want to see. Man, we just, we happened to watch Detective Pikachu because we wanted to enjoy the movies oh. and there was that furry blue menace. <laughs> I would love to do mini sets about movies we just like and just like. And, yeah. and that's fine. No comparisons, no contrast. Just yeah. Detective Pikachu, two thumbs up. (laughs) Also, if you happen to be listening to this on a podcast app like Podcast Addicts or CastBox or something like that, and you aren't, if you don't like us on Facebook, be sure to hop on there, give us a like, share us, say, hey, I just found this awesome podcast, and, uh, you know, give us some support. We would really appreciate it. So, And pray for our souls because this goes live the day before Medieval Fair. Yeah. And we, for some reason, both got rope-a-doped into it. Yeah. Aaron is a bit of a... Aaron has a flair for the limelight. The dramatics cannot be withheld on this one. You mean I like the dramatic? Are you going to say anything or is that the end of it? 
pause. Thank you for blowing out the speakers on that. I, my editor really appreciates that. My you. editor being me. <laughs> so yeah, we are we are going to put this up, and then I don't know if we're going to try to do another one in, during in the midst of this because we'll it's three to, weeks. Because Aaron, the next one that comes out will be on my birthday. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Which we'll means we get to do one. a special birthday episode. <laughs> So, well, let's let's get rolling on this one. Um, I know that this one is just going to be a gigantic love fest, but I have some very key points to talk about. We talking MP, the original MP. And the the return. Oh, I meant uh, as in not Yondu. Oh, there was a petition to get him to be in the return. That would have been very funny. I would have loved, even just a, like a quick, like, hey... Michael Rooker, and that's it. I would have loved that. Just like, just the filmmakers acknowledge it. That's it. That's it. Well, in this golden <clears throat> age of Disney remakes and Disney reboots, <laughs> along comes an honest to goodness. Fool's golden. <laughs> along comes an honest to goodness sequel. Not a remake, not a reboot. Just a sequel, a continuation of the story we've seen before. Much in the vein of Christopher Robin, which Aaron has not seen, but it made me cry. Always. And I, for one, am glad they took this direction. I'm glad they didn't try to say, hey, remember all these things you love so much about it? Well, those don't exist anymore. This new thing exists now, and don't you love it? Which is where I feel like all these live-action Disney movies are kind of head nowadays. I don't like that we can't enjoy the originals as much anymore because of these live action squanderings. No, you can still enjoy the originals. It just seems like they're trying very hard to make you forget them. Yeah, like, hey, do you remember how great these were? Well, here's our second attempt at them. The exact same thing, but they've got a little bit better quality visuals, but they don't at the same time. There's one way that these could have worked. And that was with another studio took the story and ran in a completely different direction. The same studio doing it, the comparisons to the original are as inevitable as they are unfavorable. You're never going to get a positive, well, I mean, it was better than no. 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 I have seen other interpretations of the Beauty and the Beast. Um, oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The story of Beauty and the Beast has been told a million times. The Jean Cocteau one is really quite stellar and dark, very Phantom of the Opera-esque, French and silent with moving candle arms. It's very cool. And the story is itself... Is that the one I like walked in on the very end and like there's like a giant attacking and there's... No, so the French also made okay. another, or the Italians? I forget. Italians, I think. But on Netflix, there is another... Another Beauty and the Beast live action movie that came out just around the same time that the Disney one came out. Coincidence? Anyway, it's a huge CGI fest and it's uh, all uh, subtitled and it's very weird, but at least it's trying something different and I'll give it that. But I think we all know that the Disney Beauty and the Beast is just so iconic at this point. So when the Disney movie remade it, they were trying to remake that. They weren't saying, hey, remember this story we told? Could we try something different with it? They're like, no. This exact formula again, please. Now, the way you can get away from that or embrace it better is to do the sequel, like Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, real quick. I remember on Hulu, this was back in the earlier days of Hulu. We were at a friend's house and we were just like hanging out and um, we were like, we should just watch something crappy and kind of riff on it. And like, uh, you know, all the riff tracks kind of thing. And we found like, the Titanic Voyage of Dreams-esque of Beauty and the Beast. And it was basically the same story, just way crappier animation, no no real voice talent, and it was, man, it was awful. And I remember, like, there was, like, random stepsisters in this one or something like that, but I just I just remember the, in the, day, er, the heydays, early heydays of, Hulu, there's there's that one random one. I wanted to find it again and try to rewatch it. Mary Poppins is a really interesting figure in the Disney hierarchy. She, uh, her first movie was in 1964. Julie Andrews captured her perfectly, but even before that, she was a book by P.L. Travers. And Disney even made a movie about 
P.L. Trappers called Saving Mr. Banks, where it's Disney after years and years and years of asking her to give him the rights to Mary Poppins so he could make a movie about her finally acquiescing and how that ties into the relationship with her father. And of course, it's it's Disney history, so it's it casts a favorable light upon the studio. Apparently, P.L. Travers watched the movie and was crying because she realized she had lost her creation forever, that she would never get it back, that she was so sad that it wasn't hers anymore. Oh, it's that's this, why she's crying. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was this death of the artist sort of thing, like my creation is mine, but then when it comes out into the world, suddenly it's no longer mine, it's the world's creation now. So do you remember that we actually watched this movie in theaters? Aaron insists insist that we watched Saving Mr. Banks. We watched this together. I would remember Tom Hanks as Walt Disney. I just would. Yeah, and Emma Roberts, or it's not Emma Roberts, Emma Thompson as P.L. Travers. Unfortunately, I do not recall it, so I'm going to have to re-watch it. And I usually remember every movie I watch, so it's very strange that we have these two different memories. Perhaps that was where the rift in the time stream happened. The one timeline. So they have this really interesting character and they don't do anything with her for over 50 years and i'm assuming perhaps assuming incorrectly that some of that has to do with one they weren't making sequels and reboots back in 1964 and two just the anger that Travers felt about what Disney had done to her creation. She says it, uh, because I have seen some of the clips from the movie, uh, that Mary Poppins is the very enemy of sentiment. Uh, and the Mary Poppins of Disney is is sentimental in her own way. And she's tough but fair, is what I like to say to her. I look at it, uh, she's very reminiscent of another Emma Thompson role, uh, Nanny McPhee, which nannies back then were supposed to be loving and doting but they couldn't be a second mother you know and to be a good nanny they had to be someone who could raise the children but without becoming an, another parent and i guess what happens is you know the children look back on them fondly and that's why pl travers wrote about mary to begin with mary poppins embodies that sort of emotional detachment you have to feel for your offspring because eventually they do grow up and leave and then you or you go on to another family yeah for for nannies not yeah. actual offspring not yeah. for your like actual offspring yeah i meant that i meant for nannies <laughs> okay i was like uh no, like oh well you're gonna go off and have your own children uh, goodbye <laughs> <laughs> no more so the idea that you have to be a parent parental figure but they aren't yours like in any sense of the word you're just there to raise them exactly and i mean funnily enough she would do nanny mcphee and the second nanny mcphee i think mm -hmm. before she does the saving mr banks so a quick backstory i apparently watched this movie when i was a kid i remembered bits and pieces i remember the part where michael the son uh is walking through with the other chimney sweeps and and is saying like goodbye to the father and he has the hat pulled over his head and the father like you know calls him on his you know like hey now i i remember that part and then i remember like the spoonful of sugar and the toys going back by themselves See, i remember that's so that. different you and i you don't remember the movie that you said you watched either well yeah because it was like 20 years ago well it feels like 20 years <laughs> um so i watched this movie when i was a kid but it's been a long time so we I've been having to re-educate Aaron. He hasn't seen Sound of Music. He oh, never watched seen, I've never watched Sound of Music. Hadn't seen Ben Knobs and Broomsticks, which is one of my little guilty pleasures. I, love. I wouldn't call that a guilty pleasure. I would put it in the same vein as Mary Poppins. It's mm -hmm. a it's a good music. It's a good like classic musical like that. Angela Lansbury is a witch. It's fabulous. <laughs> Angela, and it's fun Angela Lansbury is a treasure. And it's fun to see the same actor who played Mr. Banks come back in a sort of comedic role. Yeah. Which I think he does very well. Um, and then they fight Nazis. It's awesome. <laughs> but they, uh, I, I feel like this movie was done very, very well. And I don't think I appreciated it as a kid. I feel as an adult, I appreciated it more. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a childhood treasure. It's a child. It's a family film. Yes, there's a lot of elements. The animated parts are for the kids. Um, the songs are a lot are for families. But... It is not a movie about the relationship, simply about the relationship between Mary Poppins, the nanny, and the children, Jane and Michael. 
it is how this woman comes into this family's life and um, helps them to learn to reconnect with each other. How the children learn that the father isn't this infallible creature and the father learns how to reconnect to his youth and his children. The main character not being the main character is a really interesting take with the whole idea of Mary Poppins. She's more a force of nature than anything else. She doesn't have a character arc. She's already practically perfect in every way. She comes in, upends the entire world for these families until they figure things out and then disappears like a thief in the night. (laughs) And I think that's where the charm of it comes from. And Julie Andrews. Oh, Julie Andrews. Hmm. That just, she is just an amazing, amazing casting choice for this. And I know, now, Peel Travers has her issues, and I think she has her issues in the right sense. Because the character is supposedly nothing like the book character. And I kind of see that with the sequel. So I'm kind of, I understand it. Now, the choice to make it a musical, because the books aren't that whimsical so the music adds that other layer of whimsy i i understand that and (laughs) and in the movie saving mr Banks, she's like you're not going to turn this into some family romp musical like these other movies that you're producing right now and it that's exactly what he does and i mean it was a line it was basically a trailer line but it was still a line that was just like oh kind of like a nudge nudge wink wink thing but you can hear in the audio logs they took from those meetings just her railing against these directors about the things they were doing to her book it's fabulous the sherman brothers yeah yeah and just a beautiful british voice just like coming out like absolutely not not in the slightest no come here i'm not done with you (laughs) why are you crying So we gotta we gotta compare Poppins. We'll, oh oh, we're we're so not there yet. Um, <laughs> well, then we gotta talk about Lin Manuel Miranda's. And Dick we're Van so Dykes. not there yet. I did want to do a special little mention. The children who played Jane and Michael, especially in the '60s, especially in the '60s, it was hard to find good children actors back then. Not impossible, but it was hard. Because a lot of times they needed a child actor just to come, stand, and be, Hi, I'm Robert! (laughs) And that was it. That's all they needed. And, and And that's what they got. These two child actors that they got did a great job. I never felt that they were more or less than these children. And that's, I felt, was a good casting choice. They were both cute and honest. Mm-hmm. Just my note. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The children do a really good job in their remake too. Yeah, the the remake. They were way more. Keep a step up and up. Yep, yep. I'm trying to remember. I feel like I've seen this before, where children lose a parent and they become more adult than the parents themselves. You mean almost every movie that that happens in ever? Yeah, that was what I was thinking of. Every movie that happens in ever. That's right. Except for Dan in real life. Except for that movie. That movie (laughs) has so much potential to be a great study on a family. Like, not just this family, like, in the nuclear or, like, immediate sense. Because it's uh, the story of a, a man and his three daughters, they lose. He loses his wife. He goes to a family reunion kind of thing, where his, his like his entire family is his mother, father, brothers, sisters, cousins, their families, all get together in one house, and it's like this big family gathering that they all do every year. And he doesn't want to go because he's depressed and he's a writer. He's supposed to be funny. And like, he, of course he, he's not funny at the moment. And so like one day he just goes off on his own. He finds this woman and ends up being his brother's girlfriend. That's like the whole setup to the movie. The dynamic that they completely missed out on is the dynamic between the main character, Steve Carell and his daughters. They completely f- fucked over these daughter characters because the oldest one is just kind of the oldest character. The youngest one is just kind of the youngest character. The middle child is an annoying brat who at the beginning of the movie has her boyfriend come and meet her father. 
And he's like, I'm your daughter's boyfriend. I'd love to take her to prom. And he's like, come back in five years. And like, I don't want my daughter dating. And then she's like, I love him, daddy. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. And then she proceeds to sneak him into the house later on. And then she screams in his face, you are a killer of love. What the hell was that? Oh, that was on the computer. <laughs> it was just a bing. You scared of bings now? Scared I'm of scared of bings when I'm in the middle of my rant. <laughs> yeah, about a completely unrelated movie. Second time we brought up Dan in real life in like a month. Sorry. And that's weird it is, for a it, movie we've never seen. I've seen it. Dang it, not again. No, no, no. I no, no. I don't think we watched it. I think I watched it with my folks okay. when, uh, when I was younger. But yeah, it it's not a terrible movie. Um, Dan Dean Cook is in it, and he's actually he does a pretty good job in it. The breakdown, I think, is where it's important to distinguish like the two Mister Banks, as it were. We have a a man who is in the original focused on his job, desires order in the home. And he lives in a realm of chaos, and he's learned to live with that chaos, but then it becomes even more chaotic, and he says, no, this will not do, and eventually has to learn how to relax, let loose, notice his children, because they are growing up, and soon they won't be there anymore, because they'll be up and gone. The new one has Mr. Pink's son, who I think is a good person to focus on for this movie. And and rather than giving him the same arc as his father, which would have been a little bit cheaty because he learned the exact same thing from his father about how not to do that, he's really emotional. He just lost his wife a year ago and he breaks down. He often apologizes for it to his children when he has an outburst. He's like, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that at you. I'm just really upset. And he breaks down emotionally in front of them. It feels very raw, very un-British, as it were, to do that. Well, think about, like, how would you think a child of Mary Poppins grow up? Like, I felt it would be natural for someone who went through what he did with Mary Poppins to grow up to be a, an artist and be someone who has, struggles with this kind of stuff. Absolutely. You, you know, trying to follow in his father's footsteps, but... Not so much that he forgets that he likes to do art, which is cute. I like that. That's like his trait. Again, like he's he's a very good masculine figure for these children. He runs the house and he tries not to let them worry about things, but he doesn't emotionally distance himself to do so. I just think he's just really pleasant as far as that goes as a good idea of how you can be a dad. I, I did like the... It wasn't a stark contrast but it was definitely a different character and i i like that and at one point one of the characters the the maid is like who now who's the adult and who's the children and i thought that was kind of a fun little thing so i do think the growth arc of the original mr banks was more laid out though we saw the progression of it and it never felt over the top it never felt like he was being cartoonishly strict it just felt like this was a man who had lost sight of what was truly important in his life and how he had to learn from that. I mean, the whole original Mary Poppins is really about Mr. Banks, which is why he's so important. Exactly. And that's that's why I felt like while the movie is mostly deals with the kids, it's not about the kids. It's this, about the family. Yeah, and the second movie, Mary Poppins Returns, is more about the Banks family. The mm -hmm. whole family dynamic from all of them. Yeah, whereas the first movie is a little bit more about Mr. Banks. Because you can even see it sometimes with how Mary talks to Mr. Banks. So, Because the like the whole scene where she gets quote-unquote hired is hilarious. Like That is some like on-point Abbott Costello you know, witticisms. So <laughs> let's talk about Dick Van Dyke as Bert, and then we'll go into halftime. Okay, and then we'll talk about MP. Uh, what have we not talked about Julie Andrews as MP? No, we gotta talk about her and Emily Blunt. We, no, we no, no. We're, we'll talk that. about the second movie afterwards. And dude, good heavens, that is loud. I'm gonna. <laughs> so I just got a new phone, guys. That's that's not a brag or anything. It's like I literally had to get a new phone because my old phone wouldn't go any further on any other plan. And <coughs> go on without me. Yeah, pretty much. My phone just dying in a corner. It still works, actually. I'm still transferring stuff from it, but now it does little notifications on my computer. It takes calls to my computer. It's all linked up. It's very uh, 1984. It freaks me out. Big brothers watching. Yeah, very, very much so. I will say when we rewatched 
the original Mary Poppins uh, a week ago that I was today years old when I realized that Dick Van Dyke was also the owner of the bank. Oh, like, see, I knew that because I read one of like the fun things uh, about. It. It was like, oh, he and he picked that role simply so he could do that that fun like stepping down bit. Oh, he, it was so good. Dick Van Dyke is a treasure, and I know his accent makes no sense. And I know that it's it's cockneyed as heck, and it's so over the top. It's adorable. If you can push past the accent, which it's actually very easy to do, he is so, Bert as a character is so freaking charming. Mary Poppins! He's so smiles. Oh, I love him. It Like, he never feels creepy. He never exactly. feels... Exactly. Imagine running into, like, you know, like, they'd even do that. Like, oh... Running into a dark stranger in an alley. Oh no! And they're like, oh, no, no, no! It's, it's just, just Bert. It's just like, Bert. Oh, Bert, you're so charming. And he's so charming and so lovable that it actually makes him, the other character, Mister Dawes Senior, feel so villainous and vile in comparison. For you know, about ninety nine percent of the time, until the very end, which then he gets redeemed. But I, whatever. Like I don't, think I he gets don't like this character. I think he just becomes. He's he's a symbol of what Mr. Banks could be. He's what could happen to him if he continues down this road. And then, because he's clearly never heard a joke in his life, he hears the wooden leg named Smith joke and loses his ever loving mind. Name? What's, what's the other leg's name? <laughs> yeah, my mom says that every time the Uncle Albert scene is like just where the movie goes to a screeching halt, Aaron was laughing oh, his ass Oh, I 100% disagree. 100% disagree. That is, that, is probably my fa- that is probably my favorite scene from the movie. Uh, no, where it becomes, where it comes to, it, it slows to a halt. It doesn't grind to a halt. Where it slows to a halt is uh, the thirty-minute animation scene where it goes absolutely nowhere. I enjoy the original it's animated scene. It's a fun scene. scene, but it goes on for way too long. We get supercalifragilisticexpialidocious out of it. Yes, but we could have gotten to it a lot faster. It's like it, they just take way too long with it. I will never be sad about Disney animation being used. That, that and it was the nine old men too. That was what was really really cool. But I didn't like just I just didn't like how long it was. If it they had shortened it or if they kept it tighter, it would have been perfect. But it just it was so long. We talk about the roller coaster of songs. How like how fun Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is. But then Sixpence, uh, feed or, the birds. Sorry, feed the birds is such a sad and somber song, and then it's like you, you like you kind of have to ride this roller coaster, but it kind of works in its own way. The second movie doesn't take as many risks with that, like because even the nursery song or the the not nursery song, yeah, the, or no, uh, lullaby, the lullaby song that she sings to the children in the first movie is still pretty somber it has gravitas we were discussing this last night there's a difference between sad and important there is a great sort of epicness to feed the birds so much so that the instrumental gets a reprise when mr banks is walking to his fate at the bank it has weight to it yeah and i and that's where i was like you know what you're absolutely right on that because I don't know why I have to give you justification in having that thought, but um, I I agree with that because remembering that scene, you almost feel like he's walking to his execution, mm-hmm. and in a way, he kind of was. So we look at the music of the original, and I feel like what happens is that the sequel let its emotion play out in the la- in the scenes, not the songs. Whereas the original let the emotion play out in the songs as opposed to some of the scenes. When Bert sings to, you know, Mr. Banks about how you have to grind at that grindstone, you don't have time to dry their tears. Because you know what, you know just what to do. And when they're grown and gone, what will you do? Like, he sings it and it's just this little gravitas and he uses the same tones that mr banks does when he comes in my home is ordered precise and da 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 and he does the exact same it's it's all call and response call and response to the musical a really good musical takes themes from songs and works them into others so you have a common idea fan of the opera does it really well beating the beast does it really well both of the mary poppins do it pretty well yeah i see what you're saying with how they use they use the songs to convey emotion whereas with the other one they use actual acting to convey emotion exactly and i would be remiss if i didn't talk about um what's his face as mr banks he 
did a great job as this character. Like Michael Banks in the new one? No. Oh, Mr. Banks from the original. Yes, we're still oh. talking about the original one. Yeah. Um, I, when I whenever I thought back to this movie, I always thought of it back to him. I thought he was an asshole. I straight up thought this guy he had no you know joy in his heart. He just he was just a, a money grubbing jerk. All children think that of Mr. Banks. Exactly. That's the problem, and that's why I don't think I would have appreciated it as much as a kid as I do now as an adult. As, or at least, you know, as a Disney-loving adult. But still, the amount of importance that this man has in his life comes through. And he does such a great job. It, and it's so funny because you have these five characters. Sorry, four characters. You have Mr. Banks, the two children, and Mary Poppins. All four of them do a great job. And even still, Bert with Dick Van Dyke. All f- going back to the original number five, they do a great job in showing these characters in in the way that the Disney wanted. It even kind of puts a bad stark contrast on the mother. Whenever you know, there is something to be said about that. There are two different interpretations of Mrs. Banks. Mrs. Banks, on the one hand, is she is a suffragette, and on the one hand, that's very admirable because she's trying to help other women around her. She's continuously going out to give them food when they're in jail and to go lock herself in chains against the mayor's house. Like she is trying to get a noble cause off the ground, and that's fabulous. But on the other hand, you have a woman who perhaps neglects her duties as a mother, not for any reason that she hates them or anything she loves them probably more than mr banks or at least shows it more easily just because but she is in the unenviable position of being a woman in the early 1900s where she must defer to her husband her husband's word is law and she has to be what he requires of her so it's it, there's two different thoughts about it i personally think that I, I like her story and I like what she's doing and I like that Disney, while he may not have intended it, did show us a mother whose sole role wasn't just mother. She also yeah. did other things. But her character was almost unnecessary. As they kind of show in this in in the in the sequel. Oh yeah, gotta have dead moms. Gotta have dead moms. Yeah, we'll get to that. But I really enjoyed the character of Mr. Banks because it, it he did have a complete arc and it it was very well done. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. And in <laughs> fact, it was really funny too because the actress who played uh, Winifred uh, actually ends up playing the grandmother in um, While You Were Sleeping, and she is just so adorable in that. <laughs> Look for the birdie. All right. We have taken way too long. This is going to be a very quick uh, sponsor dome. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Mayor Today Idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash Mayor Today Idea to get started today. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, unoriginal audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. We, of course, today are definitely recommending the original book that this was all based on. The original, original Mary Poppins. The original OG, OG, OG Mary Poppins. And By P.L. Travers. There's a bunch of different compilations on Audible. They have, There were many books written about Mary Poppins, so if you want to compare and contrast, you can do the first book, and then Mary Poppins comes back. And It has a very sort of... Um, I don't know if anyone's ever... Uh, done in, in Edgar. The man who does half magic, he wrote several books in the same vein of sometimes it was the same children, sometimes it was different children, all encountering some sort of magical thing and the travels that they go on. Mary Poppins and her many stories reminds me of that. But the we are definitely suggesting any of the Mary Poppins, and they have apparently the entire series, one through eight. Wow. That's what I'm telling you. Like, please be so careful, Disney. They even have the Mary Poppins She Wrote, The Life of P.L. Travers on there as well if you're looking for that. Oh, that'd be nice. But to give you one specifically, why don't we go back to the original Mary Poppins by P.L. Travers, narrated by Sophie Thompson. Uh, It's only three hours and 50 minutes. That's a quick little listen. You can let the kids listen. Exactly. And hear Mary Poppins. So to download your... Because the cover is not the book, as we all know. 
To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash married to the idea for your free audiobook. Now, please can we talk about the new one? Yes. Okay. I loved the animation sequence. They did a great job. I don't like the, I didn't really care for the chase scene. I thought that was tacked on, but it was still fun. The Disney Animation Studios is open one more year. <laughs> but man, was it so good. I loved the character design. They had oh. these fabulous long wrists and all of the timing was fabulous. I will say that there was so much going on that we did kind of lose a couple things. I, I imagine if we watched it again, we'd see a bunch more stuff going on in the background than we do in the original. The original yeah. was very easy to say what was going on and who everything was. Yeah, there, there. I felt like there's some blink and blink and you miss it moments because uh, apparently the original chalk drawing was at the very end of the movie and uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, <sighs> you are a treasure. What a charming, charming man. And of course, we're a fan of the the McElroy boys, so of course we're a fan yeah, of Yeah, we don't Lynn. have any Hamilton experience None. with Lin-Manuel Miranda. I None. don't know any of the songs. I've never read the book. I'm really sorry, guys. Like, I get that it's huge, and I don't hate it. I don't actively, like, dis- oh, not no, search yeah. for it, but I was very certain that, oh, it's a play on Broadway. I'm never going to see it. I don't know how any of you got to see it, actually, but you all seem to know it pretty well. I mean, like, they sometimes do, like, Broadway in Knoxville, so, you oh, know, yeah, like, the, tra- just... the traveling shows, but I but don't think they're doing then, that yet. Yeah, before so. then, like, the day it came out, people were YouTubing the songs. They knew all the words by heart, and I'm like, I this is really a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm in, and as a theater kid, I, I'm in, still in the same boat. It's like... I'm, this has a lot of impact, but I still don't know why. I mean, it's a great, I'm sure it's a great play. I just don't know we why. Just, so. I just, I, I imagine it's because it's revolutionary in the idea of using hip hop and telling the story of our founding and to have a, 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 a just, okay. Yeah. We're not Anyways. talking about Hamilton, talking about Mary Poppins. Um, I think he plays a, a lovely Cockney Brit, and I like that he's a lamp, be a, a lamp lighter. Um, Instead of a chimney sweep. Yeah, well, Bert had every job. I mean, there was like a subtle running commentary that, you know, he it was he was a poor man and he took any job that he could get. Mm-hmm. He had like six jobs throughout that movie. Yeah, and I, I definitely got that. But Jack he, of all trades sort of thing. Everyone seems to kind of remember him as a chimney sweep because Well, he, we because had to get big... we had to get step in time. Yeah, step in time. Now, okay, every song from the original Mary Poppins is like crazy iconic. Time will only tell with the new one. I don't um, think they will be. I, now, don't get me wrong. They're not bad songs. It's fun to watch um, Lin-Manuel Miranda bike through the streets lighting lanterns, but I don't find that song particularly as memorable as the opening one that Bert does. Something in the air, I, coming I, again. I okay, disagree. Okay. See, I, the um, Trip on a Light Fantastic is a great song, but it is not as catchy as step in time it is probably it is probably a better written song than step in time clearly step in time had six words in it but it's not as punchy as step in time exactly but i don't know something about the lunt i i really liked that the london skies you really liked it it was i don't know there's there's almost kind of like a when when will my life begin? Or um, <laughs> is Lin Miranda a Disney princess? It kind of felt like it. Well, he does fall in love with a girl from his childhood. Exactly. No, it's very sweet. That's a good idea. Hashtag uh, Lin Manuel Miranda as a Disney princess. I really so so songs that are gonna make it. I think are um, the bath time song. I because that's the theme that they use for most of Mary Poppins intros, outros. The, the instrumentals come from that song. I, I would say Tripping on a Light Fantastic is probably your your big your easiest bet because they actually did it at the Oscars. Uh, that I mean it, it's big and bombastic. It's meant to be a showstopper. Um, but it I like was. I like the cover is not the book. That's really fun with the Cockney accents. It went too fast. I couldn't understand half the words. And then um, them going into the music hall. There's a little quick song about the. 
the door open. Music hall. Oh, that was kind of fun. Yeah. And so there, you forget that Mary Poppins had a ton of small songs all stacked on top of each other. Yeah, because super califragilisticexpialidocious. I am still surprised I can actually freaking do that. That's true. I did not think you were going to get through that. Because I kind of like separated in my head. Uh, is its own song, but it's a part of the fair song. It's really strange how they did the original songs. Mm-hmm. And I like the, I will say, I, I did cry. At, uh, I'd cry a lot at the original just for nostalgia's sake, but I also cried at this one, again, for nostalgia's sake. And most of it was when how things you've lost aren't really lost. And it was just, like, really, really the, sweet. You're talking about the song that Michael sings to his dead wife? Um, uh, that one is also very sad. That one was, oh, man, that, that hit me right where I live. That very, very much reminded me of Nanny McPhee, of the man, he lost his wife, and he doesn't know how to do it, see with the oh, seven children. Colin Firth. Huh. 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 Interesting. Speaking. Speaking of which, gosh, you know, I will say as much, the, the enemy, as much as there was in the original Mary Poppins, was adulthood, and not like, as bad as like if you lose sight of the things that are most important by throwing yourself into work and money money was a good symbol for that then you're going to lose yourself like these men have these old men sitting in their dark, dark cold bank but, but would you lose yourself in the moment stop it this is not a musical episode but i'm not so certain i like the idea of colin first the wolf saying oh no i'll help you as much as i can children and, and let me then... tear up the record and yeah, like, everything. it's very like guys very on the head so i would say uh that mr doll senior represented more of what you, you you said it before that it represented what Mr. Banks could become or could have become, and also he represented society. It wasn't man versus man; it was man versus society. To go into some literary, uh, good lord, <laughs> <sighs> I can make it to the finish line, but man, I'll trip right before it. Uh, literary terms. This one was definitely man versus man. Necessary. It was kind of a, a, a kind of attack. There, the I, you know, can we can we can we just say real quick? Did you like just just real quick? Did you like Mary Poppins Returns? Yeah, I did. Okay, I liked it too. I thought it's probably one of the best sequels after a long ass time that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, however many there are. Like I've seen at least maybe two or three, um, because. The Boondock Saints All Saints Day is the only other one I can think of off the top of my head. Now, if you can think of other ones, please let us know because I'm desperately blanking on this. But Boondock Saints All Saints Day was the only other one I can think of when this kind of thing comes to mind. It's a sequel after a long ass time. There's a reason why for that. Sequels usually have to capitalize on a movie that has just happened and is popular. Or the nostalgia. Or the nostalgia. As the Boondock Saints All Saints Day tried to do. It was made for the fans and by God was it not as good as it could have been. It was, I liked it because it was made for me, but ugh. Was it not good? You have to tell me the touching thing you told me about Emily Blunt and Julie Andrews. So Emily Blunt did such an amazing job. So good that Julie Andrews was actually offered a cameo um, that would have appeared near the end, which everyone was expecting because, you know. It should be there. Uh, Dick was, Van Dyke was in, you know. It was it. given to Angela Lansbury, which is just as enjoyable for me because oh. I love Angela Lansbury. Again, a treasure. But she actually watched some of the clips that um, Emily had been doing, and she said, I cannot be in this. This is Emily's show. She's doing such an amazing job. I cannot steal one iota of her tre- of her th- uh, thunder. And apparently, whenever Emily was told, she, like, broke down in, like, happy tears. It was so goddamn beautiful. I think Emily Blunt did a great job. She didn't. She clearly, like you said, uh, studied Julie Andrews' motions, her movements, her inflections. But while doing that, she crafted her own character. It's still Mary Poppins, but it's Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins. It's very Doctor Who-esque. Different actors, same personalities. 
I like that. That's a good comparison. Well, Mary Fist Poppins. Bump. Mary Poppins is a Time Lord, so Mary Poppins is a Time Lord. And we do finally have a, and we finally have a female Time Lord. So um, <laughs> she probably I don't know how long she spent crafting this character, but you can see every minute of dedication. The way she touches her hair, the way she smiles, because the nice thing about Julie Andrews in the original Mary Poppins is that she enjoys herself. She'll sound exasperated, and then you'll see her smiling, and you're like, okay, so you know what you're doing, you're having fun with it. Uh, does she gas at the children as much as Emily Blunt does? No. Emily <laughs> Blunt is constantly telling these children, what oh, are you t- No, 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 no. What are you talking about? This didn't happen. Now children. Apparently, Emily Blunt did dive into the books and did try to get more of the book characters. I don't know how much more of the book character that Emily Blunt is. I think she she is not Julie Andrews, but she is not Emily Blunt trying to be uh, Julie Andrews. She is Mary Poppins. She is Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins. And by God, does she do an amazing job. I have a huge newfound respect. I mean, I've always kind of liked Emily Blunt, but I have a huge newfound respect for Emily Blunt. She she put a ton of work, a ton of dedication, and it shows. By God. Emily Blunt. Well, we haven't even seen a... That is for you. We haven't even seen A Quiet Place yet. I know. I really want to watch it. But I've seen her in other things. I, wa- I mean, like Devil we Wears Prada. Like, that was the first time I ever watched her was A Devil Wears Prada. We just got to watch it during the day. Yeah. I'm so scared, guys. I'm so scared to watch A Quiet Place, but I have to watch because it's John Krasinski and it's Emily, and Emily Blunt. Blunt. I have to. Oh, it terrifies me. Yeah, we do it during the day because otherwise I'm going to scream. Yeah, uh, it's really funny because John Krasinski and... Uh, the woman who plays Pam, I'm forgetting her name in mm-hmm. real life. Uh, they're both hockey fans, but they have t- different teams that they like. John is a uh, Boston Bruins fan, and the woman who plays Pam it, uh, is uh, the other team that is g- going to be in the finals fan. So they're, they're going to be... They're sparring. They're sparring, so it was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So Emily Blunt, amazing job. If there was an actress who could have done a better job than this... I don't know who would have, who it would have been because the physicality is Julie Andrews, but that is good. That is perfect. She has a she has her own personality, but without being a completely different character. So, absolutely fantastic job, Michael Banks. I don't think is the same Michael Banks as as a kid, but you're not the same person as you were as a kid. So it worked out. This and it's fun to see adults encounter Mary Poppins again and say, do you remember all the things we used to make up? Yeah, I mean, we, that didn't really happen, right? No. no. Of course not. No. Right? No. no. I love how uh, the maid, though, Ellen knows. Oh, she and remembers, she's like, because she was an adult oh, when it hey, happened. Mary. Hey, Mary. I remember all that. She's walking by as she's sliding up the railing. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff I love about it. And they do kind of play that whole, well, how would adults just pretend that magic didn't happen? And they say, well, Adults always forget the next day. They always They just, always do. They always do. It's just a little sad little reminder. If the movie, if the new movie has any flaws, it comes from, I think, over-sentimentality in a way that the original wasn't, and modern movie tropes, like a down-to-the-wire last-minute deadline. <laughs> yeah. What, that would have never been in the original Mary Poppins, not for an instant. It created its tension through other things, through character development. Uh, that was how it happened, not a literal ticking clock. And I feel like most modern movies have a ticking clock in them. It, yeah, I didn't... It, it the was... new Christopher Robin had a ticking clock, and I believe Colin Firth was the villain in that, too, guys. Jeez! Like... Colin! Colin! I know you played the good guy in most every other movie, but jeez. <laughs> I know you're trying to step out of your comfort role, but jeez. <laughs> you're a great actor. Yeah, if it, if it suffers for it, I think it's just because it's really hard to tell what movies would get greenlit if they didn't have nostalgia to bank on. If the original Aladdin didn't exist, no one would care about this live-action Guy Ritchie Aladdin. It's no, there's no, nobody. it's not trading on anything that it is bringing to the table, but rather what you remember. And there is a I market will say clearly the, the for two nostalgia. new actors who the one that the one playing Aladdin and Jasmine, I think they'll do a good job because they'll do a good job with what they're given. And young, sexy Jafar for some reason, cool. <laughs> 
Well, no, you've seen I'm the sorry, pictures um, of him. I'm um, sorry. No, I haven't. Oh, you haven't seen pictures? Yeah, it's a young, sexy Jafar. Why do you keep putting the signifier of sexy on there? Well, it, it, they're clearly playing that angle. It's not like it's not like he just happens to be an attractive actor, like Adam Driver or something. Uh, you find Adam Driver attractive? I mean, he's not unattractive. What I'm saying but... is they didn't frame Kylo Ren as an attractive man, but every woman is like, whoa. So, like, ha- it's, a, it's a woman thing you wouldn't understand. Uh, you, uh, you know what? You're right. So, the same sort of way, like, he just happened to be a handsome actor. No, th- this is clearly framed as, like, oh, he's he's very attractive, this Jafar. Like, they're, they're, they're leaning into it. So, maybe he, instead of just being manipulative in a vocal sense, he's manipulative. Like, oh, I'm so attractive. Do things for me. Like I'm, that kind I'm of I'm imagining life? so. Of course, okay. I'm not going to see it. I will refuse to give Disney my money. So, well, it's gonna we're, we're going to see there. it. It Just, is, it is, uh, which we kind of neglected to mention at the top of the show. It is the summer of Disney. So, we have plans, nefarious, nefarious plans uh, that pretty much this entire summer is going to be Disney. We have, uh, we, we actually kind of supplemented this week for what we were going to do originally. Well, the thing that wants to kick off Disney Summer is uh, it requires more research than we have the ability and bandwidth to deal with right now. Yeah, I, I think we can do it next time, but... Uh, or We'll definitely give it a try. Yeah, we're, I, I think Either we definitely way, need to do it. Either Disney but... movies all summer, I really don't want to go Technically, we've see... already hit it off with Avengers, but... That's what I'm saying. We already started off with a yeah. bang. Um, we hope that you enjoyed our crossover episode. It'd be fun to do another one. Oh, God, I, I, I can't wait to do another episode with them. That was so much fun. Yeah, so if you didn't listen, last week, uh, last episode, we did a crossover with Paige and Sam Plan a Wedding, and they crossovered on ours as well. So they came and talked with us about Endgame, and then we went on their podcast and talked with them about how we met in our whole journey, which I know we don't talk about a lot on this podcast. Our marriage is just kind of like... And it was it has always been, and so it always shall be on this particular it, podcast. It's more of a set piece than our uh, like a. <laughs> our uh, marriage is a set piece. <laughs> Bring on the dancing penguins! <laughs> oh God, the dancing penguins! I love the dancing penguins. Um, I didn't really like the topsy turvy song. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. Meryl Streep showed up for some reason. Meryl Streep was... It was clearly trying to capture the idea of Uncle Albert. Yeah, I got that, but I This relation of Mary Poppins. Yeah, um... They could have done more. Like, I'm sorry is, to bring this up right at the very end. No, but. no, no. I think that's fair enough. I like Meryl Streep, and I think she has... I love to laugh. <laughs> she's it's no Uncle the same Albert. Con- yeah, she's and the not- problem with that is that the idea behind Uncle Albert's scene is that he starts off mad, and then everyone slowly joins his madness until they all return back to Earth. In this one... Mad not anger, but mad like silly. Yeah. And the better way, well, he was the Mad Hatter. The <laughs> best way, the better way, I think, to handle Meryl Streep's scene as Topsy would be for them to walk in and see her sitting upside down on the ceiling and be like, what? Like, she's like, I'm sorry, my world does this every once in a while. And then they would learn how to stand on the ceiling too and look at her point of view. Uh, see? You're getting it. Another like fist it. bump. Yeah, like. The idea behind it isn't that they're all immediately there and like, well, I don't know how to deal with this. They they were so clever with the, how they could switch the set like upside down. That was really Do it cool. again. Like, keep going. Like, have everyone walk around the room like an Ariana Grande and then, like, music video or Inception. Just have everyone make it to the top. <laughs> so, yeah, and it would have been cool. Like, maybe like she keeps like kind of refusing a little bit and the, the, it keeps rotating around. Like, like that would have been cool. Like, you get to me anyway. And they're like... Fine, we'll come to you. And then Mary shows him how to walk on the walls. See? Yeah. See? Like, much better. The scene could have been fixed just if you tweaked it that way. Because then showing a different point of view helps the children expand the world. I like it. Head pat. Pat on the head. So. Thank you. What and I'm it here- wasn't Meryl Streep. It was more the no. presentation of Meryl Streep. Because Meryl Streep is a great actress. I always respect Meryl Streep. That doesn't necessarily mean that, that Mamma Mia is that good. Stop her from starring in Mamma Mia. Yeah, that doesn't stop her from doing that or Mamma Mia. Here we go again. No, she only was like uh, she was she was dead in that one. Yeah, I yeah, and everyone was like, but she's. In. I'm like, no, she's not in it, guys. Cher's in it. She's not going to share the screen with uh, uh, with Meryl Streep. Cher only shows up in the last ten minutes. You're. F- 
fucking kidding. Oh, I know a movie we're going to watch now. Oh, then we'll save it for after for the fall. <laughs> um and for my sanity. Uh so but yeah, Meryl Streep her singing kind of does this like thing where she does a great job in She's into the woods, but yeah. well she had to be trained to get to into the woods. Yeah, she she's not a terrible singer, but she's not a great singer. It's kind of a hit and miss kind of thing. So. It would have been fun. Like Albert was, they really played him as like a, a manic sort of character, like someone who suffered yeah. from depression in some sort of way. Like it would have been interesting to see Topsy. Manic depressive. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see Topsy like discuss that way and how you can help them by looking from their point of view and seeing how to assist them that way. So I, I get the idea of it, the concept. Instead of it just like, oh, this is an inevitability, it's like. I think they needed to take a double crack at what that scene actually meant and see if they could... And plus teach children about mental health and mental awareness. Mm -hmm. So, but again, sorry to bring that up right at the very end. But we really appreciate, um, if you guys have any thoughts on the movies, we'd love to hear them. Put them on our Facebook page. Put them on the comments below. If you've got a good reason why Disney keeps making these live action remakes, perhaps you're on one of the management team. I would love to hear it because, boy, do they make money, but boy, does no one care. Avatar made money too, guys, and it has no now, cultural relevance. Now, all these people are super excited for Lion King, and I'm I'm uh, not sure why, because... I'm going to listen to the soundtrack. I'm not going to go see it, because I've seen an animated Lion King already. I don't need to see another one, but I'm going to listen to the wait, soundtrack. I can't wait for the, the fan dub of the new voiceover and soundtrack on the old animation. I know, that's going to be Can't really wait great. for that to happen. John Oliver as Zazu, be still my heart. <laughs> But he's already in that adventure land or adventure world. What? Now? John Oliver. He's that porcupine in that really that that movie that has no director that you wanted Wonder to watch Park. for a hot minute. Wonder Park. Wonder Park. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you wanted to watch it for a hot minute, and you're like, Nah, never mind. Well, I became a person who said, "Am I really watching movies just to rag on them?" Oh, I become for, that person for, for this one. Yes. <laughs> if you have a suggestion for the summer of disney we'd love to hear them we've got a couple ideas a couple movies that are coming out one that's already been mentioned one that hasn't been mentioned and then we've got a really really fun idea the one with all the research so mm -hmm. and be also sure to go to audible and get that free trial membership any other final thoughts if one character in this movie could be real i would want it to be the irish setter if one character could be real, I think I would want it to be Uncle Albert because I could float in the air and tell some awesome jokes. <laughs> and hey, we got our question. What character would you want to be real from these no, movies? No, at the very end. At of the, the very, very end. So oh, good job. We're professionals. Yep. Uh, constant professionalism. Until next time, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to the, the idea. idea.